All right, John the Viking Mouser here with the Get Stronger Die podcast. Today my guest is Django Black. Um, Django is a uh, steel bending specialist. He has a bunch of cool products on the market. We're going to get into talking about that. How are you doing today, Django? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thank you for having me on your show. <clears throat> so um, let's get started with uh, a, a little um, get to know you here. Um, how did you get into steel bending? Oh, man. All right, well, I'll try to keep it short. I've got dogs, all right, rescue dogs, and the first two that, that my wife and I got, they managed to drag me down a flight of concrete stairs from our apartment in Phoenix. Now, this was, let me see, like maybe maybe seven years ago, six years ago, something like that, and uh, just busted my back up. They dragged me down the stairs like a cartoon, just my heels hit, and just dunk, 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 dunk. And I got hung up under the railing at the bottom and felt three very distinct pops in my lower back and my my left leg stopped working and I was laid up for a while and, and working out is a big part of who I am. You know, it's uh it's a very huge part of my, my wellness, overall wellness. So I'm trying to figure out ways to get a workout in without putting that weight on my back, you know. And I came across uh, first grip training and then short steel bending, you know, uh, unbraced steel bending. And that's how I came to fall in love with it, man. It's it's like that, you know. You're either going to love it or hate it. And if you love it, you're hooked. You know, when that steel just melts like a stick of butter, it's just nothing better. Yeah, yeah, I love it. There's a lot of people that, you know, um, that are out there now saying it's dangerous and this and that, but um, I've never had any, uh, I've never had any real injuries from, um, you know, especially the short unbraced bending, I've had any injuries, and uh, I, I I don't think it's all that dangerous. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you, you said you've been doing this it, for six or seven years, so. Yeah, it can be very dangerous if, if you're foolish. If, if a person's foolish about it, you try to hit too big a steel uh, too fast, all right, and... Uh, if your positioning is off or if you just hammer into the piece of steel like I have seen oh my god man I saw a video of a fella and he's rearing back and hammering into that piece of steel in the double, double overhand position and I'm just like man I was having like sympathetic uh, rotator cuff tears just watching this man you know <laughs> uh, you, you can't be foolish about it because it can be dangerous because you're applying an enormous amount of force. I mean, the 60-penny nails are in the 300 to 350-pound range, just your average 60-penny nails. And that is a, an enormous amount of force, very localized. So, you know, with, uh, with proper warm-up and working on the technique and, and not letting your reach exceed your grasp, uh, so to speak, it's very safe. Steel bending is very safe. But approaching it uh, with, with foolish notions or, or trying to go too fast um, without a basis of strength and tendon, uh, tendon strength, you know, without building that foundation of, of strength, then, yeah, uh, you, can, you can end up with, uh, with, with uh, shoulder injuries. That's why I always stress, go slow, be smart, listen to your body, and, you know, do something that's easy do it 20 times before you move to the next step in resistance, you know, because that repetition is going to build that bone-deep strength 
that'll keep you safe when you're doing the heavier resistances. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think I think that can be said for uh, almost any kind of um, resistance training. You know, as long as you uh, you know listen to your body and you go into it with a plan and you're actually training and you're not just trying to show off or max out or try to jump too soon or what whatever whatever is motivating you to go a you know a level where you're not um, makes things uh, dangerous. So I, I would say that steel bending is not much more dangerous than bench pressing or, or deadlifting or something along those lines. Oh man, bench, bench pressing, yeah. Bench pressing can be can be pretty dangerous there if approached mm-hmm. foolishly. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I just add the extra caveat because, you know, I really love steel bending and I love to bring it to, to other people's lives because of how much it's given to me. You know, just, just uh in overall satisfaction and quality of life, steel bending has, has really been an important part of my life. And I would hate for a person to roll into it fast and hard and get hurt right out the gate, you know. So I'm always careful to to, to stress caution and, and going slow until you know what you can do. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, with anything, with anything, any kind of exercising, a person should go slow, especially if it's a new movement. You you went into steel bending with a very good basis of strength though because you've been doing strongman training, so you went into it. And I'm saying you, John, you went into it with a good basis of strength. So you uh, you aren't you weren't going to run into those issues where you didn't have the appropriate tendon strength or a foundation of of joint and muscular strength necessary for this kind of exertion. You you had all the tools. You just work, had to work on technique and applying your strength in that specific fashion. You know, where there are other people who come into steel bending and they don't have, um, you know, even an intermediate level of, of tendon or, or uh, you know, joint and muscular strength in the appropriate areas where they, they could go ahead and do higher resistances, with, you know, in, in steel bending, that is. Another problem that, that you might run into is uh, people using double wraps too soon uh, on steel because that can allow you to apply more strength than is appropriate for your tendons uh, because the the pain isn't kind of governing you, you know, the pain of the single wraps. Mm-hmm. So if anybody out there is looking to bend steel, I, I highly recommend either, um, you know, you, you do some isometrics. I've got some up on YouTube, real simple isometrics to build that initial uh, foundation of strength or only use single wraps. The body's pain response will keep you from applying too much strength initially. You know, um, you'll overcome that pain response with time, but in that length of time, you will be building strength that's going to keep you from injury. Yeah, when I when I first started, um, well, I had been a strongman for a while, um, at least uh, at least competing uh, or training for strongman for at least ten years before I bent my first bolt. Um, the bolt was the first thing I bent, and then um, you know I naturally will ease into things, but I also uh, didn't know a lot about the wraps and stuff. Um, so the mm-hmm. first wraps I used were actually uh, leather, but they were half wraps. Mm-hmm. And um, and they're actually more suede than leather. They were like the loose leather, not the stiff leather. Yeah. So so they hurt a lot worse than like uh, 
a Cordura or a full-length um, leather wrap or whatever. So you do, you have to build up um, a toughness in the hands at the same time as you're building up your, your bending strength, and that slows you down in your progress. And, um, yeah, I, I always say people should train the hard way. And <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah, because it keeps you it keeps you slowed down, you know. And then every now and again, you can throw on some double wraps to overload or whatever when you're ready. But um, until then, you should it should be a very slow progression. And um, those half wraps, I think, you know, <laughs> some people probably just thought it was ignorance that, and it, it partly was because I didn't know that there were corduroy <laughs> wraps and that there were all these things out there. But I think that helped me out a lot. And um, and I still. Uh, I still use those wraps periodically. I'll get those little half wraps out and use them. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, that's what I started on. So I'll, I'll probably always grab those here and there and try to bend something with them. Um, <clears throat> so what are some of your big uh, bending accomplishments? I know that you've um, you've done a red nail before. Um, can you tell us uh, what that was like, uh, training for that, or, you know, back when that was a goal, and what are your goals now? Oh man, um, you know I've set my steel bending goals to the wayside for now. I'll I'll, I'll say that um, mostly because I my hands are just beat at the end of the day. I'm weaving rope, you know. I'm going through a mile of rope every every month and a half or so. So I mean I'm just just burning my hands up with that. So I haven't uh, haven't done much steel bending. Um, yeah, I've I've never bent the red nail under certification conditions, but I've bent one in like uh, under two minutes, and I bent the, the Fat Barbell Company's uh, Fat Bastard Barbell Company's uh, Bastard, and I did that pretty swiftly. I think it was under two minutes. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um. Seven inch by three eighths inch brass rod. Um, been some substantial, substantial steel. The let me think. Yeah, man. yeah, I've got a video up a five and a half inch red nail. I bent that in double wraps, and that was a bear on the crush, man. You know the the kink was tough enough, but crushing that five and a half inch by five sixteenths. Uh, Cold roll steel was rough. <clears throat> so the uh, what's the what's the poundage it takes to bend um, a red nail? Oh, uh, it's I believe in the four hundred pound range. Um, you know, and depending on the batches, because you know they had some easy ones that came out, and then the ones I got were about average. You know, in the four hundred to four hundred twenty five pound range. But that's 400, 425 pounds out at 7 inches. And right. the longer the steel, the more difficult it is to bring your strength to bear against it. Um, you yeah, know, there's, kind uh, of a, there's kind of a sweet spot there where if it's too long, it's really hard. But then when it's too short, it's also really hard. There's like an ideal range yeah. there for most people. Yeah, for me, I think the, the 5.5 to 6-inch range is, is my strongest uh strongest range um but yeah because 400 pounds at six inches is just like feels way easier you know than the the 400 pounds at seven inches and it's uh it's significant man you know like you'll you'll be 
you get that piece of steel up and you testing it, you feel like you've got it in a good spot and you're going to apply some force to make sure, you know, your shoulders are warmed up. And then when you start cranking down, you're like, is this ever going to happen, you know? Right. And then all yeah. of a sudden, it does. And it's it's a great feeling. That's cool. Yeah, there's nothing cooler than uh, bending steel. When it comes to bending steel, um, many people get dissuaded early on because they're not able to bend that red nail in a couple of weeks or, you know, like that. But it, it takes, just like with anything else, you're not going to go to bench press for your first time and, and put 400 pounds on there. You know, you're going to start out with what you can do, do repetitions, yeah. build the strength. And it's the same with steel bending. There's no magic bullet. People want to ask what the trick is. Well, the trick is uh, work, hard work. That's the trick. That's your that's your quickest way there is to work hard and smart, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been working at it for <clears throat> several years now. Um, I think I'd like to think I'm getting close to the... Uh, to being able to do the red nail. Now, I'm not saying under certification guidelines, but I think pretty soon I'll be able to I'll be able to do something with one, probably not within the time limit or whatever. But, uh, yeah, and that's, been that's the goal. On, you've been working with drill rod, right? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that drill rod is great preparation, man, for, for bending that red. Yeah, that'll actually, uh, on, on the, the crush, the drill rod is more difficult than than that cold rolled steel, so you'll have have great uh, that's great preparation. So, um, at what you make a lot of uh, products to help out with um, steel benders, and um, so what what kind of sparked the idea for this? At what point in your uh, bending career were you like, hey, this needs to be made, and I'm the guy to make it? Well, it started out because my wife gave me the stink eye about boxes of bent steel, you know. Like, what? what is this? You know, we got like five dead bodies worth of bent steel weight up here. What? what? You know, is there an end in sight? Uh, you know, so I said, all right, darling, hold on. Let me think. And I just started fiddling around. I was already making uh, making gear out of rope, you know, making canes, fighting sticks, and and, and what have you. So I just started trying to think outside the the box, and the start was a, a need, man. There's a need because steel gets expensive. You know, if you buy a box of sixty penny nails, you're looking at forty five to fifty five dollars. You know, just for the your basic grip rights, and you're gonna burn through those. You know, as you're getting stronger, I I, I ended up I was going through. A box of grip rights every couple weeks man you know because they were just they had gotten so easy so I was just just burning through them and I think you get around 500 nails in there and it's yeah. just you know the the money going out and just a need as well as something a little bit easier on the joints when you're doing repetition with steel you can end up with uh, with your your shoulders needing like extended healing time because of the position that you're putting your your arms and your shoulders into and so i just started thinking man and when i came up with the steel benders helper i wanted something that was going to alleviate that initial pressure but still give the muscular 
tendon and joint workout without the you know the detrimental aspects of steel bending when you're doing volume mm-hmm. and I think that I, I did that very well I'm able to use a steel benders helper every day as long as I'm not doing max out work every day you know on the off days I use a lighter resistance and keep the blood moving and and like that but it, it was it was necessity for two fronts man um, needing something for volume bending and muscular workout and also something that was uh, you know much safer yeah I'm a big fan of the uh, of the product as you know I have uh, I have several models of the steel benders helper um, and they're they're a big help too because they come in different lengths and different difficulties you have you have a range from you know super beginner to uh, what's what's the top one the the monster the super monster which even like the Incredible Hulk would pick that up and he'd be like this BS Hulk <laughs> eight so he'd be like why no bend what you do. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, the the sub beginning is the easiest one, and that's for mostly for people who are either rehabbing, you know, coming back from an injury or something, or have uh, really no background in any kind of resistance training, you know, any kind of workout uh, exercise like that. And you know, um, so far my my toughest bend, I got the, uh, I bent the super advanced for two reps. That's that's the uh, highest I've gone so far, and that was mm-hmm. a double overhand. So far, and I you have I'm the only only one to have bent the the super advanced. And you have a um, like some certification uh, bends or challenges with. Um, with every model, actually. Uh, can you yeah, tell us a little bit about that? It's the Feats of Strength certification list. And all the rules are up, but it basically comes down to um, don't try to cheat. You know, and any kind of wraps, any kind of non-rigid wraps are okay. Knuckles must touch. And we've got people up there from all over the world. Um, when you get your name up there, you also there will be a link to your video, um, your you know, your certification attempt video, and I'll put, um, you know, your country up next to your name and the video link. And, yeah, I've got one for every model. There's a section for every model, and the rep count, you know, um, is uh, 1, 10, you know, like that. There's uh, different, uh, you know, just different repetition counts, and it helps with, you know, not only getting your name up there in lights, but also with measuring your progress and motivation you know it, it really helped me it was really uh it's really cool you know yeah i think um one of the cool things about your your challenge with the steel vendors helpers is like you said um it, it kind of is training because i think there's a clear up to like a 500 rep count or or so yeah yeah and um that that builds tremendous uh strength and endurance and um definitely builds the type of muscle to keep you safe when you're building uh, actual steel. And uh, I think that's cool because when you when you look at some of the other challenges that are out there, like 
the red nail or whatever. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, bending the red nail isn't training um, the first time. That's a massive no, effort, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think with your challenges and the steel bender's helper, it's more of a uh, – it can be, depending on, you know, the route you take with it, but it can be a great way to train and to measure your training and your progress at the same time that you're completing the challenge. Yep, it's training, uh, you know, progression and goal setting. You know, you say you say to yourself, "Hey, I hit one rep, and I am gonna get to the, you know, uh, say, you know, 50 rep mark or something like that, you know, by this day or that month or whatever." Yeah. And you know, it's uh, it's really great, man. Um, I've got timed holds up there now too, where you keep the knuckles held. And you and I were talking about this uh, coming up with a strap. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make a couple. And cool. I think I'll send you one. Yeah, um, loadable straps where you can uh, you know, use it for the challenge, but also if you want to add some weight to it to get that extra uh, deltoid workout in, then uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and, and that's something that, that particular kind of thing is something that there's no there's nobody else out there that's selling um, steel bending equipment that has anything even remotely close to that sort of a challenge where you can hold the uh, end position. Nobody nobody has anything even remotely close to that. No, and I'm up over sixty five thousand repetitions on my beginning model now. Sixty five thousand repetitions, and it's still just as much resistance as it did after the initial break-in period, you know, of a week or, you know, like that. Yeah, So that's it's incredible. Really, I mean, you get your money's worth. You're looking at, you know, 20 to $35, you know, depending, beginning up to advanced, the, you know, per, per piece, and you get your money back quick. You know, great workout, yeah. and the carryover is really cool. I did an experiment, you know, I didn't do any other resistance work. Um, I'm going to say like the first six months after I made my first prototype and just hit the steel benders helpers and the carryover was great, man. I mean, I hit the bench press and I hadn't lost any of my uh, upper range and I had increased my repetitions on, on oh, wow. mid-ranges and yeah. Um let me see. Oh, and punching. Man, oh, man. Grip and punching. This is a wicked grip workout when you're doing the higher reps, just holding that, just maintaining your grip on the piece. Yeah. And forearm workout. And another thing, this was a real surprise. I've added slightly over a quarter of an inch to my wrist size. And that's impressive. That's I've never, ever found an exercise that adds wrist size so that has to do with the repetitions and you know holding it in place and everything but man that was really cool go from you know go from seven and a quarter inch to seven and a half inch just over seven and a half inch on both wrists that was a real uh real merrymaker you know yeah that's pretty uh impressive that the wrist size goes up um because like you said, I think it has to do with the repetition. You're not going to be able to do that with steel unless you're willing to spend a fortune 
Oh, um, yeah, man. That's just a and, ton of money. And you're not going to be able to do that without uh, doing a lot of research. You're not going to be able to do that with conventional methods either. You're not going to be able to get a barbell and add that much size to your wrist um, unless you do a lot of research on you know, a lot of partial rep stuff and maybe some high rep uh, variations of that. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's a that's a big, that's a game changer there. And I think that's important that a lot of people are aware of that particular uh, side effect of using these things because a lot of time wrist size is a big determining factor in, in your your wrist strength and your hand strength and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah. and it carries over, like you said, to your bench press and everything. Um, everything, punching, self-defense. Uh, when I get the heavy bag out, you know, I already, I already got a decent punch. But man, since I've been working out with the Steel Benders Helpers, um, I'm able to apply my my uh, kinetic linking, body weight, and movement into shorter punches much easier. I mean, my from the shoulder down, like my arm just won't move, man. You know, I hammer in, and all the force goes in. There's there's not as much of the dampening movement where your arm absorbs some of the shock and moves back. Right. I've really hardened up for a lot of like the hooks and shovel uh, shovel hooks and uppercuts uh, type punches, you know, closer end punches. And that was a, another one of those cool surprises, man. I'm putting those shovel hooks in and the 100-pound heavy bag is just going up in the air straight up, man, you know, <laughs> and just kind of kind of folding over my fist. So that's, that's real cool. I, I like anything that has carryover. It's like, uh, you know, like just getting that extra. You know, I always like extra, like getting a freebie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That, and, and that's the goal of strongman. You know, you want to do these movements that are, um, you know, have the most carryover to the next movement. And I think that's important because... Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, a lot of people are afraid with the steel bending that they're going to spend a lot of time on steel bending and it's not going to have any carryover to, like, let's say a log press or, uh, you know, like a tire deadlift or whatever they're doing or stone lifting. But um, I think I think with what you said, you've proven that it could very well have carryover to the, some, of those, um, some of those movements, if not all of those movements. I've had and, carryover... For, for bench press, um, let me think, man. Of course, carry over for grip, forearms, um, delts, uh, shoulder endurance just goes way through the roof, man. Um, you know, if you're doing like your pec deck flies and stuff like that, you're going to feel a, a big jump in your strength there after you've been spending some time, you know, bending steel or working with the steel benders helpers. And... You know, pretty much, I mean, if you uh, if you add some planks and some some knee bends, you are getting just about a total upper body workout uh, or a total body workout if you're using a steel bender's helper, you know. Because, um, you know, we're looking at the two different bending styles. I'm not going to talk about reverse too much because that's very specialized in my mind, even, it's, even though it's the most brute force of, of the three main styles the ones that are going to build the most uh, symmetrical muscle and have the most impact on muscular development are double overhand and double underhand. And between the two of those, I'll work in every muscle 
from the breastbone up, man, you know, and even get, uh, I get some of the, the, the lats into it big time. You know, I remember we talked about that, busting out the cobra hood so you can uh, uh, kind of get that steel back against the neck, alleviate some pressure. You just get a really, really great workout when you're working those reps. Yeah, I, I can attest to that. Um, another cool thing that I've noticed with the Steelbender's helper is so it's fairly large in diameter compared to um, a bolt or a nail or an iron mine nail or whatever. And I think that contributes um, more so to uh, grip work. Like mm-hmm. you're going to get a decent amount of grip work if you're bending some 60-penny nails, but I think the Steelbender's helper is even more grip work just due to the size, uh, the diameter of the thing. And um, and like you said, I think that's a big thing that helps contribute to a lot of that carryover. Yeah, I believe you're right. I believe you're right. Now, interestingly enough, you know, if you go ahead and wrap up one of your bolts in double wraps and hold it up next to the wrapped steel bender's helper, they're very, very close to the same diameter. But then yeah, yeah. The, with, they're, they're not ridiculously large. They're just larger. Yep. Yeah. Now, I did make a custom braced bender's helper for uh, a practicing strongman because uh, the usual brace bender's helper, he wanted more. Now, I made one, and that thing was nearly as big around as my wrist, man. And I could not, I could not bend that thing. Oh, I was like, it just nothing, nothing. It was like I had a steel I-beam, man. So I've made some, and he loved it. He said it's just the hardest grip workout on top of, you know, trying to bend that thing. He was pretty happy with it. It was cool. extra length. That thing was just a monster. I, I yeah, don't so think you, I even snapped a picture of it. I was, like, half embarrassed. It looked made, made me look little, man. I'm already on the 5'8", <laughs> you know. It was cartoonish, like I didn't take a picture of that. <laughs> Uh, so, so you started with um, the Steelbender's Helper, which is mainly for uh, nail and, and bolts. Um, but but you've branched out, and like you said, you have um, a brace bender's model for uh, longer bends, like your rebar and longer steel and uh, yes. wrenches and stuff. And then you have um, the Horseshoe Bender's Helper, yeah, uh, which, which I have one of those, um, and, and they're 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 really cool. You get the same feel as a as a horseshoe. I mean. And um, the horseshoes, uh, I think this is very important for that because horseshoes are much more expensive than nails. And That um, same strong man I was just telling you about told me he spent upwards, upwards of $1,000 on horseshoes every half a year. <clears throat> and so yeah, the horseshoe that, that doesn't helper, surprise me. The horseshoe bender's helper was a, a big deal for him. <clears throat> Yeah, and I mean, you get the same, you get the exact same feel, uh, at least in my opinion, um, from it as you do with with the the horseshoe, and you can you can do much many more reps on it. You know, it's the same benefits as the steel bender's helper, but uh, I think monetarily, it's even more of a benefit for the horseshoe because those things are pricey, and availability isn't always there. I've also run into that because you have to. You can't just go into uh, like Tractor Supply 
and buy those horseshoes, especially if you're just starting out. Um, you're going to have to contact a farrier, and you're going to have to specifically order certain models, the, the ones you know that you can bend. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the farriers, uh, they they won't have access to them, or or they just or that'll be a brand that they don't mess with, or you know sometimes you'll get they'll quit selling them. You know you'll buy you'll buy a few boxes and then you'll call them back and oh well we don't deal with those anymore. And uh -huh. uh, with the steel vendors or the horseshoe vendors helper, it can help mitigate that because you won't have any uh, lulls in training and and you can just keep keep on working. You know. Yep. Yeah, that's it, man. You know, and depending on what your goals are, maybe you just want the the muscular workout that comes from these different bending, uh, you know, horseshoes, brace bending, short steel unbraced bending. You know, maybe it's that muscular workout that that insane, you know, runner's high times 10 that you get from from just that extreme muscular effort. And if that's the case, then just work on the steel bender's helper. Now, if you're using it to work your way up the the rungs of steel bending, then you know I've I've put up some some workouts on YouTube, some excellent workouts where you can incorporate the steel bender's helper into your steel bending or into a normal workout, you know, as well as where you spend say seven days using your steel bender's helper on workout days, however you're doing it, you know, every other day, every day, however you're doing it, and then hit steel after two days rest, you know, to see where you're at and gauge your progress that way. How much easier is it, is it for me to bend the blue nail this time than it was right. last time? Um, you know, was I able to make a dent in this bar or that bolt? And, you know, you're talking about uh, availability and, and everything. Uh, when it comes to steel and bolts and other bending materials, um, consistency is very difficult. You know, um, when I order bolts from a place, I'm not guaranteed that I'm going to get JH or YFS or whatever, you know. You can end up with some, some bolts that are very easy to bend. Or if you go to Home Depot for your steel rod, I got I got steel rod that was just redonkulously easy, man. You know, I got some five sixteenths uh hot rolled one time and it was just r ridiculous, man. I mean it just bent with without much effort. So that consistency can be very difficult to find, especially, you know, on a level that makes it affordable. <clears throat> I think that's that's another benefit of my gear. You got me yeah, talking about my gear. I'd just chew your head right off talking about it, man. <laughs> yeah, I think anybody that's uh, been in the game for very long, you know, they've they've bought a box of nails that they had already, you know, same exact whatever, then they buy the same thing, and then it's either way easier or way harder, you know. I think we've all run into that at some point. They're, the consistency for that stuff is uh, not what you would assume it would be, but the... Uh, the steel bender's helpers, you know, they're they're consistent across the board. So, yeah, I that's keep a them, really uh, good way to train. I keep them within a fairly tight tolerance, man. You know, um, I'm really, really put a lot of care and effort into the building. I've got uh, I did some some ratings on them, and it was pretty interesting to to see the results. You know, the advanced yeah. 
I couldn't even, uh, it was going to tear down my workout center, man. This is made out of four by fours. It started cracking a concrete on one of them. So I, I was using a, yeah, yeah, and it, uh, it, it topped out over 500 before it ever hit, um, a 90 degree angle. Yeah, that's, so that's crazy. Really, yeah, it's really, really great workout, man. Um, you know, I, I just love them. I, I'm, I'm passionate about it, not just because I make them, you know, but because I just love it, man. I love the workout. I love the rush. And I, I just love making gains. You know, your initial gains are crazy fast, but you don't plateau. You know, you can continue making gains even just by a simple wrap placement, a single steel bender's helper. You get multiple levels of resistance just by moving the wraps closer together for less leverage or further out for more leverage. You know, when I first started um, making these, I only had a beginning. Because, you know, I can't afford to make myself the, the stuff just, just as I please. So I only had the beginning to start out with and and made myself, uh, you know, after like a month, I made myself a uh, sub-intermediate. <clears throat> and with those two, just those two pieces, I gained enough strength that when I finally made myself a sub-advanced, I was actually able to, to bend it, you know, because I had slowly moved the wraps in on that sub-intermediate and made that my, my harder and harder piece. So you can really accomplish a lot. It's a really great workout that you can take with you anywhere, you know. Yeah, that's one of the big things that um, I like about it is if, you, if you're traveling, let's say you're, you're driving around for like a week or so and you want to bend steel, well, you're gonna have a car full full of boxes and nails, you know. Um, but, but you could you could take five or six or more um, steel vendors helpers, and it wouldn't take up much space in a bag. No, no, they really don't. You know, I I can fit eight into that small little uh, you know, nine by twelve uh, padded flat rate mailer, and that's a very small small little area. And they don't weigh much, yeah. would it? Do you happen to know what they weigh, roughly? Oh man, um, you know what? I don't. Um, they're not very heavy. I mean, I, they're not even they're not even a pound no. a piece. I mean, no, you don't get you don't get it to weigh a pound until you've got like the sub advanced is probably a pound or or eighteen nineteen ounces, and then the the monster models are significant in in weight. It really uh, really are something, man. My next goal is to bend the sub monster, but thus far it has uh, it has defeated me, man. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you'll get it. Before I keep you like know checking it. it, like like what's wrong with this thing? Somebody monkey with it? Somebody pranked me? What happened here? You know? <laughs> nope. <laughs> so let's uh, let's change gears here a little bit because. You sell some other stuff on your on your site um, that's not steel bending related. You have a a number of um, self defense items. Um, can you tell us about that? You were doing that before steel bending, right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, I really believe that every person, every good person, deserves to be empowered with their own self their their own personal security and self defense. Man, you know. Um, all right, and I'm gonna, you know, do like a, a little, 
little thing here, like not a disclaimer, but I want to say that, that I fully respect law enforcement and the job that they do, but the fact is that they rarely get there uh, in time to foil an attack. They come and they, they help you afterward, you right. know, because when we get attacked, we don't have time to pull out our phone and 911, I'm about right. to be attacked. It doesn't happen that way. You know, um, so our survivability ultimately depends on us. We have to survive until law enforcement gets there. So uh, for self-defense, I really think that, you know, the bad boys, they don't, they don't pay attention to the rules. So we have to find legal ways to level the playing field. And there are so many places now that you can't take a gun. You can't even have a knife, you know. So I try to, try to teach people about, you know, how to throw a good punch, um, you know, how to, how to evade situational awareness, but also um, the, the joys of carrying a cane or self-defense keychain, Kubaton-type striking implements, you know, like that. I, I make gear like that. But, you know, I always tell people, you know, I've got a video up showing you how to make your own war club or, or your own cane. You don't have to buy, buy a, a cane or a stick from me to, to defend yourself intelligently and well. You know, I, I think that the stick came before the punch, really. <laughs> you know, you think about it, a punch is, is science. But a stick, man, you see monkeys do that. Monkey pick up a stick and slap something with you know, slap another monkey with it. They do that stuff, but they, they don't know how to make a fist, you know. So I, I think that, that uh, stick fighting is, is in our, our, our DNA, just deep, man, all, all the way down. You know, from way back, Ali Oop in the caveman days, there, he out there slapping people with sticks. You yeah. know how to, you know. But so if we combine science of punching with uh, the idea of, of striking with a stick, we really have something that's useful, you know. Um, yeah, so, so I really think that self-defense is important. And this is another thing that I will go on about at, at length. Uh, people <laughs> have been made to feel that they cannot intelligently defend themselves um, you know, without help from, from uh, you know, a peace officer or or the military, or security guard, or, 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 you know, but we can, you know, we can, we can defend ourselves against, you know, most of the attacks, you know, barring, you know, being shot or stabbed, we can defend ourselves against, um, you know, most attacks very well. You know, and, and not just defend, but also take the offense. You know, with a minimal with minimal training, there's a great amount of mystique around self-defense and martial arts. But what it really boils down to out here on the street, 95 to 98 percent of the fights that I have seen and participated in, and that is a significant amount. Let me tell you, have ended with a punch to the head. All right, or with the the two. Uh, the two worthies being gassed out and just too tired to continue, you know, not much damage done, just been a bunch of rolling around in the, you know, on the ground. Yeah. But the legitimate hardcore fights end with a strike to the head. It's not, it's not a, a, a Daniel song crane kick. It's not, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the five finger claw death. It's none of those things, you know, it's just a, a solid punch. You know, lays your attacker out, and that's that's discounting weapons. 
Um, I, I won't go into that because there's just already too many people out there with opinions about what you ought to do when someone pulls a knife. In my opinion, you should run for the hills, you know, uh, because, because no good comes out of a knife fight. You know, even if you're good with a blade, the, the crappiest knife fighter can still put a hurt to you because the weakest slap with a knife uh, can open you up to the bone. You know, it's just a whole different world. And I, I really think there's think a lot of... I think the I think a lot of the traditional martial arts, you know, your karate's and kung fu's and things like that, have uh, they cause a lot of problems with the weapon thing. You know, they they have all these disarms that don't work anymore, and they may have worked at one point when the weapons were different and people were wearing armor and things, and and people thrusted harder and committed more to the attack, but. When you have somebody just flailing around a knife or whatever, a lot of these disarms don't work, and um, I think these traditional martial arts have have really uh, ruined that for a lot of people. And then they use these weapons, and they have these displays at their tournaments, and they they have all this flashy stuff with their weapons. And at the end of the day, well, a weapon's a weapon. I think it takes very minimal training with a stick or or a, a war club or whatever. To, um, mm-hmm. to be very effective with it. Like you said, I think that's that's in our DNA to pick something up and use it against something else. And uh, you don't have to spend five years learning how to be a, a black belt with a, a knife or a black belt with a stick or whatever. You can learn that in five hours and be pretty effective with it. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think a lot of self-defense places are jaded on that stuff and they don't, they're not willing to... Um, even the legit ones, they're not willing to... Uh, give those things like a stick um, a second thought because these other people already ruined it for them where um, I've been a, uh, around stick fighting and training for uh, several years. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you said, the guy that that I train under, he says, you know, if somebody pulls a knife, you run. <laughs> and I think any yeah. good self-defense instructor is going to tell you that. Um, they're not going to say, hey, get it you know, step back into your horse stance and try to grab this thing. So. No, man. You know, only on TV. You know, and I blame television because you see our, our hero, right? He's up against a guy with a big old Rambo knife. I mean, this thing is just ridiculously long, you know. It's like as big as your forearm, this knife. And that guy's coming at him and, and he gets cut, right? And then he makes that serious face. And it's just a little nick on his chesticle, you know, like that. But now he's infuriated, and he's going to take the knife away and, and everything. And that is just not how it goes in real life. You don't yeah. get nicked by a knife. You get freaking cut. You know, you got, like, muscle showing, a bone showing. You know, I I knew a guy, and this was, you know, I I, I lived on the street when I was younger. You know, and there was a guy... And he was decent with a knife, all right? But he had bad ideas about things. And he actually tried to uh, do a disarm on a guy. And you know what happened? His hand got cut so deep he could never use it again. That thing just hung there like like a, like a dish rag on the clothesline, man. Hand just hanging there. Nothing they could do. Just all nerves cut to pieces in there. Just a single cut so deep. That yeah, probably just gone, just done. You know, there have been better no off. In, there's no shame in living, man. Living today, run. <laughs> you know, yeah. and if you really just got a hard on, you just got to win. Well, run home and get a gun. 
You know, if you just <laughs> found and determined to, you know, no, don't, don't do that. I'm just kidding. All right, don't, don't run home and get a gun. Just run. They can't say stuff like that because now somebody's gonna go run home, get a gun, and shoot someone with a knife, and they'll be yeah. like, "Well, Django told me to." <laughs> you know, no, you know, and just, just leave, just leave. And if you bound and determined to scrap with that person, well, catch them when they don't have a knife. You know, because yeah. just no good comes from it. Only, only fools are gonna stand there uh, and 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 go after each other with knives. It is just absolutely ugly. You know, that's true. I have the the weakest cut from even a blade that isn't that sharp. You know, you want to test this? Take a steak, set it on a, a you know, set it on a cutting block, a cutting board. Take your butter knife and just swipe at it fast. Even that butter knife will cut into meat. You know, yeah. Um, you know, when it's moving fast, it it just works like it's a lot sharper. You know, um. Yeah, I can't stress enough about the whole knife thing. Just, just get the hell out. Mm. Uh, I apologize. I didn't mean to say the the H word there. Get the heck out. <laughs> you know, just run. And you know, with uh, you know, with blunt instruments and everything, you know, if if you can't run, then then get in close. You know, when it's a when it's a blunt instrument, so they can't get that good uh good momentum going on a swing. That's your trick with the blender instruments, but man, knives just just make me pucker. That's it, you know. I just don't don't knives or guns. I just ain't interested in uh, in in trading. You know, we're not gonna stand there like uh, like they did with the the colonials. They're gonna stand there in a line and shoot at each other, you know, or gonna stand there and swipe at each other with knives, or swords or whatever. Just don't do it. Get yeah, out. Make- doesn't make much sense. <laughs> the, ultimate, the ultimate goal to self-defense is survival. All right, it's not looking good. It's not, you know, it's it's not cool techniques or anything. It's it's getting out of there alive. You know, seeing the next day. And That's all the true. gear. This, this started out talking about the gear. Yeah, I make uh, uh, fighting sticks, a scream of sticks out of rope. I hand weave everything um, uh, around custom polymer cores. They have a slight, slightly higher density than than uh, an ironwood. Um, you know, good weight and enough flex that when you strike with them, you don't get that that sting in your hand. But it's not enough flex that it's non-rigid. I guess it's probably got about as much flex as a like maybe a, a really hard U or something. Okay. You know? So yeah. You, you've got that uh, just enough flex so it don't sting your hand and dumps all that hurt into your target, you know, into whatever you're hitting. And uh, you say it's made out of rope. <clears throat> um, a lot of people might not think that uh, they think rope, and they're like, well, what can rope do? But uh, I've seen you have videos up where you're using even even just the, uh, the rattan-style um, fighting stick, and you're busting cinder blocks and uh, all kinds of stuff with those. So... You know, when you're saying rope, it's it's a treated rope and a specialized rope. It's not yep. just a, a rope you're swinging around like a whip, you know. No, after I do the, the weaving, the initial weaving, then I undergo very extreme and extensive treatments um, that, you know, I, I have my heat curing room and heat work room runs up around 165 to 180 degrees. 
and I, I do uh, about four hour per treatment, and that's in you know just short increments. I'll I'll do depending on how froggy I am, two to three minutes in, thirty seconds out, and like that because you know that temperature will actually cook you. <laughs> oh yeah, and at the very least jerkify you. You know, I want to be in there going to have some Django jerky. So, you know, I, uh, yeah, the treatments are, are a combination of heat and polymer, and I impregnate the rope, I mean, all the way to the bone, you know, with, mm -hmm. uh, with, with heat and polymers, and that's why you have something that is so tough. And I, the duos say, you know, don't go out uh, chopping up concrete blocks because it's abusive to your, your equipment. You know, I do that to illustrate the toughness that if you're working on a wooden pell or your spare tire or whatever, you just go all day, you're not going to bust your gear up, you know. Like, you know, uh, rattan and, and oak sticks, if you're working on a wood a wood dummy, you're, you're going to go through sticks, you know. You probably, you know, if you're serious, you're going through probably three or four pairs of sticks a year. Yeah. So if you get these, you're not going to go through even one pair a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can attest to the um, to the durability of your your products. You know, I mean, uh, if you're if you're being remotely smart about it, they're not gonna um, they're not gonna get torn up. Yeah, so. I apologize for the the dog there, man. Oh, it's all good. It that's that's the one um, that, that busted my leg up this last time. <laughs> uh, so um, we're going to go ahead and uh, start to wrap it up here. Uh, why don't you um, tell us how people can get a hold of you, where they can get your products, um, things like that. The best way to get a hold of me is uh, on Facebook or through my website, Camp Verde Rope and Gear. If you type Camp Verde Rope and Gear into Google, um, my Facebook page comes up and my website. And use the contact page on my website. Um, my website host, Weebly, was overcharging people on shipping and actually turning people away when they tried to order because they weren't verified PayPal, this or that or the other. Well, I pay extra fees to PayPal so that you can use whatever form of payment you wish when you pay an invoice. So I stopped allowing the website host to take orders. Okay. So I do everything manually now and I send out an invoice via PayPal full buyer and seller protection. You know, I believe in taking care of clients from the ground up. So getting a hold of me is the way to make your order. You can look through my website, see if you're interested in anything, and then catch hold of me. You can message my Facebook page, Camp Verde Rope and Gear, and I get back to you pretty swiftly, or I get through the contact page on my website, and I think that's even quicker uh, as far okay. as me getting back to you. You let me know, and then I'll uh, give you a, give you a quote on you know shipping and everything like that. I ship all over the world, and yeah, it's pretty much it. It's pretty simple. I yeah. keep it simple. Yeah, man, sounds great. Um, I'll I'll actually put uh, the link up in a post when I um, when I drop this podcast um, on Facebook. I'll link I'll link your website, and uh, and I'll tag you in the post so you can share it and whatever. Um, All right. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so uh, Camp Verde Rope and Gear, Django Black. If you're interested in um, 
nail bending or nail bending products or self-defense products, this is the guy to go to. Um, I'm a big believer in his products. I have a bunch of them. Um, this has been another episode of Get Stronger Die. Thanks for listening.